Hopefully no one listened to Ian. We know he's not the... He loves to be the boss, but he's not the boss. I had that one week where I did the intro, and it was really good, and everyone said they loved it. <laughs> I do like Ian's intro. <laughs> Thank they're, you. They're, well, they're entertaining. <laughs> she immediately backs off. <laughs> I know, but it doesn't mean they're good. <laughs> she goes, from, I liked it. Well, let me qualify that. <laughs> oh, it's tough being a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Brian and Super Friends. This week with 100% less mic and 50% less prep. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Becky Zadel. Ahoy, hoy. Josh Zorch. The last time I was on, didn't you guys come up with something that you said was supposed to be my intro from now on? And I don't remember what the frick it was. No, oh, I couldn't remember either. <laughs> it was not the Mouth of the South thing anymore. It was something else that came up during the course of the conversation and... Someone made the comment like, ah, that could be like your nickname or like your intro thing or something. See, you're asking me to do research that I definitely didn't do. You guys need to start writing shit down. <laughs> <laughs> the only one that takes notes in this show is me, and it's, I never think to take those notes. I have so many notes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we on Grown Up Human, we'll write down hashtags or intros because we tag them with the Epicast Network, and it actually helps because... Well, you know, in the moment, you're like, oh, I'll totally remember that. But when you go to, like, re- like edit the shit together, you never remember. That's true. Yeah, that's a true statement. Uh, and our last guest, Ian Leidick. Hey, guys. Check out my podcast, Dennis Sadness. My co-host, DJ Dark Pound, is hella depressed. This week, we discussed a quote from one of my favorite anime, Yahara Ora no Saishin Love Comedy Wa Machigatari Roo. This line is delivered by our MC, Hachiman. 80% of guys out there live their lives thinking, does she like me? Thus, it's necessary to sober oneself of a warning. Like, how could she possibly? Like, halfway through those, I'm wondering, like, should I cut them off? Is it just going to keep going? I, I don't, I can never tell. That is a... It's still going. That, <laughs> that is a real title of something, isn't it? You did not make that... Whatever title you quoted that ended in, whoo, or whatever it was, you did... That, that, that already exists, doesn't it? The English translation is my romantic team comedy snafu, and that's an actual quote from the show delivered by our main character, Hachimon. <laughs> it's great. That's so informative for people. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. Check it out. <laughs> oh, Crunchyroll. Give me my money. <laughs> I like Crunchyroll. <laughs> Gotta make them dollars. The obligatory Crunchyroll reference. All right, you check that box, Ian. Thank you. I'm going <laughs> to tweet them now to let them know. <laughs> Um, so this is a historic moment for us, just because I think I've finally got Josh and Becky together, who I've tried to get on probably since <laughs> Becky has done this show the first time. Like a year ago. Yeah, just so about, it's been that yeah. long. And it's ironic because I've known <laughs> Becky for like 27 years. <laughs> yeah, you're the one that referred her to me to get her on the podcast, and you still haven't yeah. gone on to be on the podcast with her. Yeah. Speaking of which, I I think I'm owed some kind of, like, finder's fee, because I think this is, like, (laughs) at least the second person who I've brought 
into like conversation of the show and then became an eventual contributor and host. That's true. I think Becky and Mike Bradley, Bradley were yeah. both two that started just commenting on the Facebook page and it was like, you know what? You guys would work on the show. Let's get you on here. Yeah. Josh and his spider web of connections. Yes, and here we we have a, we have a banner occasion here that now that we're we're both on. Yeah, this will go down Te- in infamy. Teachers used to think we were twins. <laughs> we ha- it's true. We have very well. Our last names both begin with Z, so we were always placed like alphabetically in the room, like right yeah. next to each other at the end. And yeah, they thought we looked a lot alike. Even, even, no joke. One of our, like our sixth grade Latin teacher literally thought yeah, we were, was... literally thought we were twins, even though we had different last names. <laughs> and we told her, Zorich Zadel, we would like argue with her. And she, well, first of all, her perfume almost made me pass out every day. <laughs> Miss, Miss Sobel. Uh, she was um, a really lovely woman. Yeah, let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> she, but she used, she was like, if you guys aren't twins, I swear. And I'm like, we're, you know, you can look at your syllabus <laughs> or, or your, your, your attendance roster, sheet yeah. and see that we're not twins. And she would just keep insisting. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, Super Friends episode, first time with, uh, the Wonder Twins, I guess. Oh, there we go. That's a good name. Nice. Patented. Low hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so for this episode, last week we covered a lot of news from D23, which was Disney's expo. Uh, just one week after that, they had San Diego Comic-Con out in uh, California. So that one happened to debut more trailers and news from that event. Um, if you were checking out Facebook page over that weekend, I was posting a shit ton of stuff, articles, trailers, that anytime I found something, I was putting it up there for people to hopefully see. So as promised... Over the last couple weeks, I've been talking about it. So this week is our wrap-up of news and trailers that dropped during SDCC. We've got a lot to cover, so we're going to try to just jump into it and keep going. Uh, so we'll start with a couple trailers that come out, because I feel like those discussions will probably be a little bit longer, so we'll see how long they go. So the first trailer we'll talk about is for Justice League. Um, if you haven't been following along with the movie, I feel like we talked about this at one point, but I honestly, I can't remember. Zack Snyder is no longer involved with Justice League. Um, it's not that he was fired or let go like the directors of the Han Solo movie. Snyder had a personal tragedy happen, and he decided to take some time off. All reports were saying Warner Brothers would have delayed the release of Justice League to allow Snyder to come back and finish. Instead, Snyder has asked Joss Whedon to step in, who is currently trying to work on Batgirl for Warner Brothers. So Whedon will come in and finish the film. Um, this is the same man that gave us Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron for Marvel. So he's now working on Justice League. Josh will be t- Josh. Joss will be taking over the reshoots that are currently happening. I will happening. gladly step into yeah, this project wanna... and execute my vision. When Joss Whedon gets overwhelmed with Justice League, he's going to call you up. You're, you're next on the call sheet. Probably creative consultants. So Whedon's involved in the in the reshoots, complete with the difficult task of removing Henry Cavill's mustache in post. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, holy shit! I want to see a breakdown of the budget for the film. And see how much money was spent taking off Henry Cavill's uh, Mission Impossible mustache. If that budget can cover free lunches for every fucking poor kid in America, (laughs) then I'm going to walk off a damn cliff. (laughs) Because it's 2017, and this is what we're doing. Yeah, it's it's. I I have no idea how much time or money that's going to take. But yeah, the figure would be interesting. 
I think they should just leave it and don't even acknowledge it. it. Don't address it. <laughs> Look, we have makeup artists that can put fake mustaches on. I don't understand. Why? Well, there's a whole Why? thing. The the director for Mission Impossible had come out and tried to clarify that the whole reason he is contractually contractually obligated to keep the mustache <laughs> is is due to some sort of stunt they are trying to do with his character where a fake mustache would most likely fall off or blow off. So they need the real deal to keep on his face. And they're going to burn it later. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> after all the trouble it's caused, I mm-hmm. would too. Well, that's, just, that's the scene. That's why they need it. You can't burn a <laughs> fake mustache there under union rules. Well, it just seems and, funny. Uh, it just seems funny sorry. that apparently, like, it was so important to keep that mustache, but they haven't like completed the stunt that it's necessary for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and like, it, it's it, so he could like be called back to complete the stunt work, uh, but but he's taking a break from it. Like, it's not important enough to just be done already <laughs> because he apparently gets to like time away to go do these reshoots. So why not? Yeah, I don't know what the get the freaking what... thing done. I don't know what the scheduling thing is. Like, if they just didn't intend for Justice League reshoots to be happening now, if maybe this director change pushed reshoots back, because maybe it was delayed, like, reshoots got delayed because Joss Whedon was coming in and Snyder was stepping away. So maybe that now that's taking place in the middle of Mission Impossible 6 for him. Uh-huh. Just a thought. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll try to catch up with that later, maybe after Justice League is out and if they start releasing <laughs> figures or something like that. That could be fun to come back to. Um... But for the trailer for Justice League, we'll start there. Um, what do you guys, what stood out about the trailer? Anything, anything to you guys that you want to talk about? First of all, they're only doing reshoots with Joss Whedon. Zack Snyder, as we've discussed in the last two, the two episodes ago when I was here, he did most of the shooting. So, and let me just say, nothing exemplified Zack Snyder's influence more then Commissioner Gordon pulling the lever on that bat light and superfluous, unnecessary sparks flying everywhere. <laughs> because, when you know, when you think of a simple guide light or a spotlight, what happens? Absolutely nothing. The light comes on. Or it doesn't if someone actually tripped over the plug. You know what doesn't happen? Zack Snyder sparks. <laughs> so when I, <laughs> when I was watching the trailer... I was going, uh huh. Very Bob's Burgers, uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, Zack Snyder, uh huh. Yeah. I, I guess it's. Oh, I mean, the sparks. I guess are to signify what that the bat signal hasn't been used in a while. It's sort of, sort of what I got from it. Perhaps. <laughs> I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, I will say, aside from stuff like that, which yes, we're 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 gonna get a lot of. Snyderness to it, so to speak. But, like, for instance, like, a, a lot of the extra screen time that you got to see with especially Aquaman and, like, Commissioner Gordon, like, I- I'm actually really excited for J.K. Simmons, Commissioner Gordon in this. Uh, like, in a way yeah. that I didn't think I was gonna be. Like, I thought he would just be a person taking this role this time, but, um, <laughs> like, his screen time, like, I think he's, like, going to be one of those people that kind of commands the scene every time he's in it yeah i guess it just remains to see how much we'll actually see him in the movie yeah i, I mean it, it was just nice to see role. it all highlighted though yeah yeah um ian anything stick out to you i liked in the very beginning with wonder woman when they're shooting the gun at her instead of locking it she like dodges it like the matrix <laughs> so that was a nice way to like subvert my expectations of this movie and then other than that like 
Yeah, like you know, Simmons is Commissioner Gordon. He like looks like Commissioner Gordon like perfectly. Like that's what I expect Commissioner Gordon to look like. And I really like the scene with um when everyone leaves at the bat signal and Flash stays behind, even though he's the fastest one. I thought it was a really <laughs> good joke by Zack Snyder. <laughs> that felt like a Joss Whedon joke to me. Yeah, that felt like Whedon to me. I don't know. Zack Snyder's a master of the literary form. (laughs) (laughs) And definitely the humor element. And Trump's a a great president. Humorist, just like the guy that does Dilbert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's you know I love J.K. Simmons and everything he does, from Law and Order to Juno to Legend of Korra. (laughs) Everything he does, I just thoroughly enjoy. I I think he's a he's a great actor. He's a great voice actor. I I very much like him as Commissioner Gordon. Um, kind of a meta question for you guys. Just watching the newly released trailer. It came out last week, right? Um, it seemed like the whole theme of the trailer was showing that Superman is actually going to be in Justice League, and it's odd because if you think about it, DC had been playing oddly coy about that. And I don't know why, because we all knew he was going to be in it. Right. But if you look at the teasers and the announcements, ooh, is Superman going to be in it? Is Henry Cavill's mustache going to be in it? <laughs> I, I mean, but why? I mean, it's unintentional. No, it, it's intentional build-up for something that all of the fans knew was going to happen. Yeah, yeah I guess maybe the question is just how much we're going to see Superman. Right. Like, is he going to show up second act stuff? Is he going to show up third act stuff or right at the end of the movie? (sighs) True. That's a fair question. Yeah. I'm wondering, because as far as I can tell, they're still basically going, like, they're not calling this, like, none of the promo stuff has called this Justice League Part 1, but the, I guess, still call it, like, the second half of the movie that's going to come out, like, a year later is still unofficially titled Justice League Part 2. So I'm assuming it's going to be just, like, a continuation of the arc of the story. So they could very much... I mean, honestly, I think they would be stupid to bring him back any earlier than the last ten minutes of the movie. Because you're going to have to introduce Aquaman, Flash, and Cyborg in this movie and make us give a crap about them. Why would you pull Superman back in to play a major role. Why not just keep him towards the end and then he can, um, you know, play a, a more pivotal role in the second half. Yeah. I think, well, I was going to ask more to your point with part two is part two still scheduled a year later. Cause I have heard nothing about part two. I, I believe so. It's, I mean that when the original announcements were made, that's right, I know that was I the original said. plan, but I feel like they keep DC cannot stick to their schedule that they released. Like they keep shuffling movies around, delaying stuff, trying to bring stuff up. Like, Batgirl was never on their original release slate, and yet that's coming. That's true. They're trying to fit in a Batman movie sometime, which I feel like they want to get out sooner rather than later, so that could be before part two. That's true. Uh, I don't know. Discuss amongst yourselves. Let's see if I can find something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ian, what do you think? You think we'll get part two next year, or are they delaying? I just can't imagine it, because... Like, I, that's the thing with DC, is they, like, none of those are, I think, actually, like, filming right now, isn't that the thing? Because Wonder Woman hasn't started filming, I don't think they've started filming the Flash movie, like, there's nothing really going on with them where Marvel seems to always be filming something. True, yeah. It's like they think they can just wait and wait, and like, they don't, they'll nail it though. Not a big deal <laughs> that they're not currently filming stuff. Ian's already confident, they, they got this one in the bag. Zack Snyder just needs to come back and save the franchise, I know we're all waiting for it. 
god, Anne. <laughs> yeah, I think on the Superman point, it does make a lot of sense to have him show up later on. Especially since I remember with the BVS scene where the Flash time travels to talk to Batman. Yeah. It seems like something's happening with him, so I think that makes more sense to happen. Not that we'll see that Flash scene in this Justice League movie, but to have Superman come back early, I think, would mean that scene would have to come here, so I think it would be later. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. And not to, like, jump topics, we can definitely keep on this, because I know we have, like, Flash news later, but that scene specifically in, in Batman Superman since you brought it up like his dialogue is a warning to Bruce and it seems like he's talking about Superman right mm-hmm. did everyone take it that yeah. way um I mean you... that's what we're led to believe because that's where Batman's paranoia is in that movie right now since since they are apparently going forward with the flashpoint idea for Flash's movie do you think that was intentional? Like, do you think they knew that at the time? And could the warning that he's coming back in Batman Superman have something to do with how they're going to draw out the plot for Flash's movie in, like, the alternate future or something? Not not all. I guess it'd be alternate present, really. But do you think they're connected? I, can I say something really quick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, because it has something to do with what Josh has said. I know you guys aren't really up on the comics, but there is a Batman the Flash crossover series in 2017 called The Button. And we, it hasn't been related yet. Uh, the Button being um, my, uh, the comedian's button. Uh, they haven't gotten to that part yet. But the scene that you're talking about mm-hmm. is in that book almost word for word. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was but, that current? So here's my here's my thing, and I I could see Joss Whedon pulling it that way, but not Zack Snyder. Joss Whedon reads books. (laughs) (laughs) Zack Snyder reads children's books. (laughs) So I, but I'm just saying that whenever I saw that in the trailer, Mm -hmm. I was surprised because I just read the Batman Flash crossover. Now the button's not done yet, but its pivotal moment, one that sold out books, was that scene. Um. I will tell you that in the book, they're not talking about warning about Superman. Oh, okay. So, but it is very close in term in terms of wording and the warning. Uh, I could see Joss Whedon taking it in the book direction, but this is so recent, I don't see how he could possibly pull that off. Yeah. Um, All right. But I just, I'm just giving you that little insight. I was really surprised that that happened. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think I think when we see more of DC's movie slate movies, whenever they finally get to wherever that, you know, the point in their movie universe where Flash actually travels from the future back to talk to Bruce, like in the context of that overarching story, you're going to see that he's not talking about Superman. They're just talking about some sort of bigger villain that's coming. It's just that at that point in time, because it right. seems like because even the, in his line of dialogue when he's talking to Bruce, he mentioned that he showed up at the wrong spot. He mentioned specifically, "I'm too early." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whatever Which is warning exactly he was, exactly what he says in the button. <laughs> so so yeah, whatever warning he was trying to deliver did not go as intended. Have you have you guys read Rebirth yet? Like the number one yes. issue. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that that scene happens in that too. A little less pronounced, but happens. Was that when he was talking to Kid Flash? Yep. Okay. Any, I mean, Batman's the one who first senses his presence. Well, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but I don't. Know. My point is, is that I wonder if Whedon gives a nod to the books. That's all. Yeah, which is yeah, that's definitely possible too. Um, didn't 
didn't mean to derail you. No, you're good. You're good. Um, we were sort of talking about Superman, so we're assuming probably the end of the trailer, whoever Alfred is talking to, is probably Superman. Is that I mean, a it's safe assumption? Green Lantern. That was the other thing I heard. People were thinking, oh, it could be Green Lantern. No, they was... they've said no, no Green Lantern. I thought they confirmed no Lantern in this movie. Yeah. Or just okay. I'm I'm almost positive because I. I thought that too, and every person I've talked to, my comic, like uh, Dan Degden, my friend who owns Southside Comics, no Green Lantern. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, yeah, no Green Lantern. Because whoever voices over the trailer, which I'm guessing is the the villain for the movie, I think that's supposed to be Steppenwolf, correct? Yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, Syrian, Syrian Hines, the actor. Okay. they He specifically says at one point, there's no lanterns and there's no Kryptonians protecting this world. So if they're planning on bringing on Green Lantern, they haven't established that yet. Yeah, I thought I, they were doing I, a Lanterns movie at some point, but I don't know when that is. Uh, again, I think their original schedule had it on for like, and, and this is the schedule they announced in like 2014 or 2015. I think they had right. it on for 2020. But the Flash, yeah. the Flash movie that was supposed to be like 2018 is now back to 2020. So <laughs> God only knows when. But I, I, I actually liked that little addition of that of that mention. Um, there's like all these little tidbits that I liked the cut of this trailer a lot more. Like the the first one they put out a couple months ago, I was like, oh okay, this could actually be entertaining. I'll admit it. I, I now I think the movie could actually be pretty good. Yeah, I'd be, I'd, I'm interested in it. I think even just bringing in Whedon, even to just script doctor it a little bit, maybe add a little bit more humor or something that can, I don't know, bring bring some levity up because the other ones are so dark and gritty and, and gloomy mm-hmm. that you you need some sort of humor, or a little bit of lighter touch to it to just make it more accessible. I think. So, and I think I think you know, first of all, I think adding. Well, Wonder Woman is going to help that. Yeah. But yeah. also Aquaman. And I have a comment about Aquaman, too, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I I liked Aquaman, I think, is going to be your comedic relief. I'm just saying that I liked when Aquaman was in the teasers. Jason Momoa, right? That's his yep, name? Yep, yep, He's not a very good actor. <laughs> um, I liked when he was silent in the teasers. It gave him an air of mysteries. He was like, had the beer. It was funny. Now he can talk, and he sounds like a cross between Polly Shore and Thor. <laughs> I could see that, yeah. I definitely get that surfer dude vibe. Yeah, they're, they're definitely going for that. I, I, you know, it's, it's a lot easier when you're speaking a, a nonsense language that no one understands in <laughs> Game of Thrones. I'm sorry, I, I don't think he's a very good actor. I don't think Amelia Clark's a very good actress either. Um, that whole part of Westeros sucks. <laughs> but I, no, I, I don't know. I was kind of, I was looking forward to seeing Aquaman. I think I told you guys this when I was like, when we were talking about the teaser, I was looking forward to Aquaman and now I'm like, eh, maybe you should keep your mouth closed. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe like the moments that we've seen, you know, utilizing him for levity, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that, maybe we've seen the bulk of his, dialogue scenes you know maybe he'll just be interspersed like that and i think you're right like him and definitely the way that they're using um ezra miller you know the way they're gonna use barry allen in the flash i think is also gonna be 
for those little punches here and there. Because, I mean, no offense, I'm not Ben Affleck can do comedy very well, I think, actually. But, mm-hmm. but not this. Like, they don't want Bruce Wayne to be comedic relief. They don't want him to be. And that's fine. Um, but then someone else has got to bring it up. And I think it's going to be those, those two characters. Uh, my... You don't think his line about being rich is a superpower was his comedy coming out? <laughs> that, that was, I think, the, like, low hanging fruit joke that they saw somewhere that they could set up. And, but, but hey, I mean, gotta give it to him. It, it's very well delivered. I want to know who wrote that line in. Like, who needs credit for that one? I hope somebody got a bonus just for that one. <laughs> I hope I hope Ben wrote it himself. He's like, guys, you gotta let me use this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only actual gripe I have with the trailer itself, like I said, I, th- this actually not that it turned me around because I was already in the bag for it. I was gonna be, you know, I was curious enough to see it anyway. But um, the only gripe I had was that duplicated like leg sweep shot that they used of Wonder Woman. Yeah, she does the same fight oh, move yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that was the only thing that seemed really odd to use it's just it's like the same slow-mo frame the same angle the same like everything it's just her doing it to somebody else in a different place i just don't know why they like literally use the same exact kind of shot um it just seemed like an odd choice but um yeah other than that i i actually like i said it um it it strengthened my curiosity in the movie and belief that it could actually be pretty good um Ian and Becky, you guys think this trailer, I don't know, uh, got you more excited for the movie? Or are you still about the same? Iffy. I'm iffy. But okay. you know what? Look what happened when I was excited about Logan. Okay? <laughs> I'm just going to say, yeah, it's a Zack Snyder mostly film. I'm just going to go into it saying it's Zack Snyder mostly and not freak out if it sucks. <laughs> but That's I'm fair. hoping... That the influence of Whedon and the influence of strengthened DC storylines makes it a better movie than its predecessors because holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Wonder Woman notwithstanding, its track record is not good. Yeah. Uh, Ian, your close personal friend Zack Snyder. <laughs> Did not reach out to me for these reshoots, which deeply upset ah. me. <laughs> but as, as he knows, I, I'm always there for him. But I, I'm at the same level I was. Most, but this trailer didn't move the needle for me. I was always going to see it because that where I was at with the DCU was like, if Wonder Woman was at least good, I'll stick it through for a while. Wonder Woman was good. So I'm going to stick it through with this. Because I, I, I think it's going to be tough for them to really make a bad movie here, like Suicide Squad. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it being that level of terrible. Well, you hope not. And Zack Snyder can just make a good film to like action popcorn. Like I'll have fun watching it at the very least. Those action scenes will be... It's just a great. matter of if you'll forget it as soon as you leave the theater or not. I mean, if the worst part of the movie is going to be that the bat signal has some sparks, so be it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Alright, I think that's a good good place to transition to the next trailer we got, which is for Marvel's Thor Ragnarok. Actually, Brian, before we do that, I'm going to cut in with an impromptu Walking Between Two Worlds segment because... Oh, there we go. Because one of uh, the actors that we just spent uh, a little bit of time uh, verbally filleting was J.K. Simmons, <laughs> and he is a prime example of the spirit of this because, as many of us know, he played Joe ah, J. Jonah Jameson in the three uh, Spider-Man Raimi 
trilogy movies. And as we discussed, we'll be now playing Commissioner Gordon in the DC universe. Which, out of all their, like, if they... Granted, I realize with these Spider-Man reboots, they shouldn't, like, connect anything. But I'll be damned if J.K. Simmons doesn't come back as J. Jonah Jameson in the MCU. <laughs> right? I want that so bad. I would love it. And yet, like, same thing. Like, don't give it, like, any awkward acknowledgement that, like, everyone else around him is different. He was so perfect for that role that they should do whatever they need to to get him back into it. Yeah, just pick up exactly where you left off. Yep. Doesn't doesn't matter. Put Elizabeth Banks back in as um <laughs> uh freaking um Betty Brant. Betty Brant, yeah. Well, the problem with that is they cast Betty Brant in the MCU. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> she can she like that little girl for like the 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 sophomore or whatever that appeared in yep. that little high yep. school video. I don't care. I will I will suspend disbelief to think that um in the next movie that Elizabeth Banks is playing like a seventeen year old. I don't care. What if she's Betty Brant's mom or something? Nope. It has to be Betty Brant. Unacceptable, yep. <laughs> well, we'll see what we can work out for you. Hashtag Banksy now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so moving on to Thor Ragnarok. Um, the Marvel's panel happened. They showed Infinity War footage. Again, the same footage they showed at D23. Did not officially release it online. It leaked all over the place. You could have caught it that weekend. It's gone now. You'll never see it again. <laughs> but they did give us a new trailer for Ragnarok. So, what did you guys think of the new trailer, which I feel like should probably be called Thor's Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, I'm not saying that in a I bad mean, way. Like, I loved it, so... <laughs> First of all, I'm I'm loving... Just a, another meta comment. I'm loving the song choices for these. Yeah. Films uh, like uh, Ragnarok has Zeppelin's Immigrant Song, Ready Player One's got Rush's Tom Sawyer. These are just great choices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, some somebody noticed a formula that I'm definitely going to attribute to James Gunn in the fr- the marketing of the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah. And that they're realizing that it, it's a good way to go. <laughs> yeah. But um. To address your Guardian's comment, I don't know. I trust Taika Waititi. I love his films. I like his short movies. Uh, he's a funny guy. I-, I trust him. I think he's a good director. So, and he's been a comic book fan for a long time. So, I, I don't know. I'm gonna trust cautiously optimistic trust of Taika Waititi. Well, let me ask you this then. What worries you about this movie? If you have full trust in the director, what are you worried about? Um, well, I'm not so much worried. It's just, uh, you know, again, I keep getting let down by movies like Logan. Uh, but again, I, I mean, that's my subjective opinion. Um, I thought, and again, I talked about this last time when we saw the teaser. I think it's a welcome departure from the first two Thor films. I was okay with the first film, kind of boring, you know, Thor talks like an NPC from Skyrim. And <laughs> in the second movie, the second movie's just terrible, but he's still getting used to Earth. And now, just the way he talks, he's, you know, I think I said this before, it sounds like he's been living with Stu the IT guy for a year. But he <laughs> has been. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. And I I don't think that the comedy is a bad thing. I think that him interacting with other creatures and humans and 
whatnot is going to inspire both comedy and drama. And I think that Ragnarok right now, given Taika Waititi's background is showing the comedic side of that, we might not be getting the dramatic side yet. Um, I have a friend who insult, got really angry at the, it's, he's my friend from work, uh, comment that was in the trailer when Thor <laughs> sees Hulk. And I found out, I don't know if you guys knew this, uh, it was improvised by the Make-A-Wish kid who was visiting the set. I just read that today, actually, yeah. Yeah, and they incorpor- they thought it was funny, and they incorporated... I had a friend who got really angry at that, and he said, Thor would never say that. Well, <laughs> so, you know, wait, let it he fly. Got, he got angry that Thor said it, or he got angry that they took the suggestion or, or like from a Make-A-Wish kid and actually incorporated it? Oh, definitely not the latter. He's not that big of a dick. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> he was... He, Whenever we, he and my, my friend Dan, when we talk about Thor, he is a Thor purist. He, he is, you know, he does everything for the glory of Valhalla. You know, he doesn't talk like Stu the IT guy. <laughs> so I, I, he wasn't angry. He was just like, oh, come on, you would never say that. And then, then I was like, you know, it was, you know, it was suggested by a dying kid, Dan. He goes, <laughs> oh, shit. All right. <laughs> um, no, he's not that big of a jerk. He's a very sweet guy. Um, I, I think it, you know, I keep saying this. It is yet to be seen. I'm okay with it. I have faith in the director so far. So you're still just, you don't want to go in with very high ups, high expectations and be disappointed. Is basically like, where that's, we're at. Well, that's what I go into every movie thinking. <laughs> it's I, a safe way to play notable, it, though. With one notable exception, and that was Wonder Woman. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's not necessarily like a totally bad philosophy because if you go in like expecting to be disappointed then you're typically maybe pleasantly surprised most of the time right yep i am there you go <laughs> uh anybody else for thor what'd you guys think i thought like we think we talked on the first trailer uh, it had like a guardians feel to it and then they went full frontal with it here by just having them bringing in a team Really, you know, oh, we're happy. We're just having fun saving the galaxy now. Just a bunch of dudes hanging out, saving the world. <laughs> no biggie. <laughs> no, no big deal. It's really like the least interesting thing Thor's ever done with his life. <laughs> <laughs> I did like, I, I think we also talked the first time. I really would have preferred if they kind of didn't show the Hulk. I was even fine with them even saying the invincible, but then cutting the trailer there. Yeah. So th- even if we all knew who it was, I kind of wanted that little lack, that little suspense. Yeah. But I, I get it now, since they're going to team up and they wanted to show them all yeah. joining up together and uniting, they wanted to show us that. That's fine. I did really enjoy the end of the trailer when the lady asked him what he's the god of, and he's, you know, going all, like, electric-y. Yeah. I just really enjoyed seeing him like that. I don't know. I did, too, actually. Well, he looked, he kind of looked like Avatar in him that second, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool so, shot. I'm wondering like how early into the movie that will be, if that's just gonna be like the last part or if he'll have be using these powers throughout the movie. What all the lightning thunder powers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll I mean, I don't feel like he's used them enough, so hopefully mm-hmm. he gets some more use out of them. Agreed. First of all, I'm happy to see Loki because I like Loki, and that means Sarah Zorch will be seeing it, right, Josh? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Sarah will will do it. She, oh, jo- sorry, Josh stepped bad. away. <laughs> <laughs> but you know she's going to say, she loves uh, Tom Middleston. A lot of people do, yeah. He's going to be a big draw for that movie. I, I like him too. I, I Do you think he would have been that, in that movie otherwise? If he wasn't popular? 
Do you think I'm, they just brought him in for fan for fans? Do you know? What I'm I mean? sure. Well, I think he would have been in there regardless. I think depending on how the fans think will determine screen time. Like Thor two, after him in Avengers, everybody walked out of there really loving Loki and Avengers. So they gave him more screen time in Thor two. So it could be sort of the same thing with this one, where if if they think Loki will be a big draw, well, they'll incorporate him more in the script and the movie and screen time and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm I, I would not be surprised if he's in it for like half the movie, because it definitely the trailer seems to hint that he will be part of this ragtag team that Thor puts together. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm kind of hoping for, I'm seeing glimpses, not full action of Tessa Thompson as the Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. Marvel, and I i won't be a broken record, I've said this several times, does not have the most stellar record of making female, giving depth to female superhero characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, Hela might be the one with the most depth. <laughs> uh, she's a god, though. It doesn't count. Yeah. Um, Valkyrie's kind of one foot in, one foot out in the world. Uh, she looks pretty kick-ass. I, yeah. I always like Sif. Jamie Alexander is Sif, but they never gave her any depth either. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping. I, I look. Come on, Taika Waititi. I like you a lot. <laughs> Give me some female empowerment. Um, I, Valkyrie looks pretty kick-ass, and Sif is in this movie too a little bit. So. Oh, Sif is um, in it. Yeah, she's in it. Nice. Okay, I'm not I was sure. She'd come she's back. on the cast listing. Maybe she's in a um flashback, but she's in the movie. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure because she still has a full-time television show if she'd be able to do anything with the movie or not. What's she on? Uh, not Blacklist. What the hell's the other one like that? Fuck, the, the, she's got tattoos and shit on her. and they... Orange is the new black, I no, believe. Th- no, <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> it's, it's on NBC. It's by the, it's, I think it's like by the people that do Blacklist, and I, I used to watch it, and now for the Sorry. life of me, I can't think of the fucking name. Code Red. It. No... Sorry, it's, I, but it's not that important. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, anyway, she she does have a full time television show. <laughs> okay. Well, I, yeah. I, I think with TV, they usually set it up so they can step away at points to film stuff. Blind like, spot. It doesn't always work out. Blind but... spot. Yes, that's it. There Thank you. you. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. But yeah, I'm hoping for some female empowerment and anything that Jeff Goldblum is in, I'm okay with, except for Independence Day. Got it. You gotta add that in there. That little bullet point. Yep. Um, what'd you guys think of Hulk finally talking and trying to carry on a conversation like a two-year-old? <laughs> I liked it. I, yeah. I, I thought it was fun. Just, yeah. Yeah, I guess from what, I think that what they talked about at the panel was that Hulk has not reverted to Bruce Banner for like two years. Oh. So he's starting to develop speech patterns and that's why he talks like a two-year-old because technically Hulk is like two or three years old. Cool. This is like, like. Does he reset every time he switches back or something? That's what or? I don't know. I hope not, because that would kind of take away the fun of Hulk being able to talk. <laughs> it was just no, like total I, time in the form, like helps him age up. I don't I think guess. he. I don't think he resets because he has that connection with Black Widow. True. That he yeah. that he yeah. feels. Um, I don't know. I you look that this movie looks fun, and I'm mm-hmm. okay with having a, a. And you're absolutely right. It looks more of like a Guardians movie or. Rather a team movie than a Thor film, but you know what? I'm okay with that because second Thor film sucked and the first one was a little boring. Right. I think they, they realized the formula they had for the first two Thor movies didn't particularly sit well with people. 
And then they had James Gunn play around with Guardians of the Galaxy that is also a universe-expanding uh, movie and franchise and stuff for them. And they figured Thor could tap into that, too, because he is otherworldly and can bounce between planets and stuff. So, yeah, I think tapping into that Guardians aesthetic, I think, is a good change of pace for Thor. And judging from the trailers, this is going to be fantastic. Um, One question that I have for you guys, and I, I don't know if I'm thinking of this correctly, so correct me if I'm wrong. But this ties into Thanos, Becky's favorite character. Um, <laughs> the whole motivation for Thanos, right, is that he's trying to get the attention of the Marvel embodiment of death, which is a female character, correct? Yeah. So Kate Blanchett's character, yeah, this is sort of yeah. where I'm leading. She is the goddess um, of death. They specifically say that in the trailer. So could it be her that Thanos is trying to win the affections of? <sighs> I don't know. You know I hate Thanos. And, I mean, <laughs> I know enough about his his team just because I have that book up on my shelf. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Could be. And, and you know what? It actually, she repeats it so often. I'm the god of death so right. much. It gets a little annoying, actually. They seem like they're um, hammering that point home. And I think it would do well to set up Thanos that way instead of suddenly mentioning his motivation as to someone that we've never seen or met before. But if they set her up in Thor, and then immediately after that, two movies later, we get him talking about her in Infinity War. You th- might be on to something because, and I, I think it's the Avengers storyline, the new one in 2017. Just a uh, comic book side sidebar. Anything I talk about is going to be about the books. That's fine. Do what they you kiss. Do. They make out. Thanos and Hela. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, and I think... You don't care what book it is. Uh, March. The March release. So I think it's the Avengers. So you might be onto something. Now, is it going to happen in the MCU? Like I said, they are not that great about sticking to the books. Right, right. Um, but they, yeah, they make out. (laughs) I mean, if they don't use that motivation for him, then I don't really know what because we technically in the in the MCU we don't know Thanos's motivation for going after the gauntlet and the the gems other than he wants them. Right. Like we don't know why he's doing that. So I don't know if that's something they still have to set up or if they if they'll give us another explanation for something like that. I don't I don't know what else they could use. I mean, Infinity Gauntlet showed exactly what you just said, his attempt to woo her. I I don't know. Okay. And that's, you I, that's a great question. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, I guess, in my head. I assume she was, like, the Norse god of death, so I figured it'd be different than, like, okay, the MCU okay. god of death. But it makes a lot of sense, like, that, that, that that's how they could tie Thanos into this again to help really kickstart Infinity Wars now. Because Marvel, you know, loves doing all that tie-in stuff. Yep, yep. So they do it really well. Yeah, I guess we'll see what kind of power set or background they give Hela in Thor. If that could somehow fit, because I see what you're saying, Ian, that maybe she's just relegated to the Thor mythology and not overarching Marvel Universe mythology. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that could be the difference. Although, if they have two people that somehow represent death, I feel like that's confusing for non-comic book fans. Yeah, I uh, that's oh, going to yeah. be analysis paralysis for them. Yeah. I think, I don't know, if, hold on, I wanted to show you guys this, because then you can see what I'm talking about. Um... I'm sending you a picture via Skype. That happened. Let me know when you get it. I sent it. Okay. Um, that's Thor and Hela making out. 
uh, in Unworthy Thor number five, which came out in March. Um, and shows exactly what you just said, Brian. So. I think you said it showed Thor and Hela making out. That is Thanos. Sorry, no, right. Thanos <laughs> headache. You remember what I told you about my normal aphasia? <laughs> I got you. I just want to make sure you, the Hela. listeners are, are are aware that you are giving us the correct picture that we just talked yes. about. <laughs> yeah, it is Thanos kissing and mad embrace. And if you notice, he's wearing an empty gauntlet. Ooh, okay, good Ooh. call. So, um, but again, that's unworthy Thor. That's that's kind of a side Marvel thing. But eh, I mean, I mean, if they're pulling inspiration from all over the all over the place, whatever comic they want to grab it from, that yeah, that could. That could work. Um, Josh, real quick, we were thinking that possibly Thanos' motivation for the gauntlet and getting the gems to try to woo death could be Hela from Thor Ragnarok, the goddess of death. That would easily make sense, and if that was the long game they were playing um, since that post credit scene of Avengers... Uh, that's actually a really simple way to work that in. Um, now, uh, Hela, in terms of that, I mean, she's the Sorry. goddess of death in, like, the Norse mythology that Thor and all that comes from, right? Like, right. That's the point Ian was making. That right. she might be strictly that universe and not necessarily the overarching Marvel universe? Well, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, like, you know, Thor in the human, our, our human world reality here, we thought it was just a story, and then in the Marvel Universe, it's because he was based on a real being, so therefore couldn't, you know, Hela be as well. Um, no, that would actually work out. I'd be fine with that, because I pictured this idea of death, if they ever, like, actually manifested it and, and personified it, being um, vast, vastly different. Um, I guess I, I always thought of Hela as the like a Hades, like ruler of the underworld type deal, but not necessarily like goddess of death, bringer of death. Obviously right. from the trailer, it shows that, but like she's more of a destructor and all that. Um, that actually makes a lot of sense. I, I, I could see that. You heard it here first. We're breaking stories for Thor and Avengers. Ooh. <laughs> Cutting, we're going to be cited everywhere tomorrow. Or know. Monday or Tuesday, whatever. Going to be internet famous. All mm-hmm. of you guys, um... So, in the, not in the books, but in mythology, do you know who Hela, Hela's dad is? Mm, Fun academic facts, people. (laughs) It's Loki. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. That would be wonderful if that was revealed, but I (laughs) I doubt it. Uh, (laughs) That's, that's in the Norse mythology. Uh, She has no father or mother in the comic books. She's just... The ruler of the realm of death and her origins are mysterious. Gotcha. Okay. So. Yeah, I guess that's sort of what I expect to see, is that. Um, all right, anything else for Ragnarok, or we'll move on to the next trailer? Nothing? Alrighty. Uh, next one that I have uh, is for a movie that I've personally been really looking forward to, for Ready Player One. Uh, so this is based off a book of the same name, where the Break, book plays... Yes. Basically like a love letter for 80s pop culture and video games and all the good stuff. Uh, it will be directed by Steven Spielberg, which seems to be, I would guess, the only person probably capable of pulling off this movie. Um, if you're familiar with the book, you'll understand probably how perfect that director choice is. Um, before we get into the trailer, did anybody actually read the book? I know, I think Josh did. 
I have. I did. I did. Yes, I devoured it. I I don't read that much anymore, which I like. I feel bad about because I I do enjoy it. But when I it typically if I find something and I happen to pick it up, I end up plowing through it. And I did with this. Um, read it on lunch breaks. Read it at home. Like yeah, I, I just went through it quickly. I loved it. Uh, Becky, you said you did read it. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Dude, actually, it's funny. I I read it, but I didn't absorb most of it because I read it when I was sick. I listened <laughs> to the audio book, which I normally hate. Do you know who narrates it? No. Will Wheaton. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, who, by the way, is mentioned in the book. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah. that's fun. So, yeah. Yes, I've read it. So. Okay. Ian, Ian told me he just finished it, too, right, the other day? Yeah, and you didn't believe me. I still don't believe you, kind of, but... <laughs> I read it Sunday. Okay. And Brian's still not look at him. He's, he's just not buying. <laughs> Again, I've said this numerous times on the show. I can't ever believe half the stuff you say, so I can't ever tell when you're truthful or lying. It, the trolls keep coming, Ian. I can't tell with you. <laughs> it, it's that I could definitely see somebody getting through it. Like it, you, especially if you enjoy the subject matter and the references. I mean, the, the thing that I, I that hooked me in. The references were fun, but honestly, I just thought that the base idea of the whole thing was extremely creative and, and brilliant. Like, yeah. to, if, even if it had a, like, like every now and then, it would have a lot of references to a bunch of 80s crap and pop culture stuff that I'd never heard of or I don't know much about because I never got into that fandom, that particular segment of stuff. Right. But just the base idea of it, because it it's really like a hop, skip, and a jump from where we are right now anyway. Mm-hmm. That yeah. it sucks you in immediately. Um, since the trailer is really just a teaser, it just shows a lot of flashy vi- visual effects. doesn't really talk about the plot at all. Yeah. Um, Josh, since you were sort of starting to go that way, do you want to try to summarize what the book is about for people it's, unfamiliar? It's, yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, and this isn't even necessarily a spoiler because it this is literally like the framework of the, of, of the whole plot is imagine... If, like, a Facebook type of social media was even more ever-present and interweaved into daily life to the extent that you are not even, like, going to school anymore, you're sitting at home and going to virtual school online with, like, a virtual reality headset and you, you know, quote unquote, join other students in the classroom and you literally have your school day like that. Like other, other than partial, um, like maybe shopping for necessities if you need to. Like people barely have human interaction anymore in person. It doesn't really seem like it, it goes that way all the time. But imagine something like that cultivates for, you know, a couple of decades and the person who created that obviously makes sense uh becomes the richest person like ever in the world imagine that person dies without a wife or well without a spouse without children without any heirs and they want to leave their you know 11 billion dollars to somebody and so what they do is they set up a game within that virtual world that everybody uses and the people smart enough to crack the code, solve the puzzles, etc., get through the game, so to speak, will inherit 
like the control of the company and the wealth and the fortune and, and all that. That's the baseline of the story. Mm-hmm. And that was the part that I found just completely compelling right from the beginning. Like I said, even if it was intertwined with stuff that I had never heard of one thing, I just thought the idea of it was creative enough that I was hooked from like just the back cover. Yeah. And the whole thing with the, the 80s pop culture and stuff, the creator of this world, this supposed like Steve Jobs type character, was just obsessed with the 80s. So everything that he yeah. integrated in there has a bunch of 80s nostalgia. And all the puzzles that need to be solved are all tied somewhere to 80s pop culture and stuff like that. So yeah. just all the references that they tie in there is just fantastic, which I feel like is going to be a licensing nightmare for this movie. So we'll uh, see what they end up doing. But it, yeah, maybe. I mean, number one, it's Spielberg. Right. Yeah. So who's going to who's going to say no to Spielberg? Number two, if they're hiring Spielberg, they got a budget enough that they're ready to write the check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to have I, a, a trouble. And anything they wanted to get in, like wh- whatever we see, I will presume one hundred percent that that is everything they wanted. If it's <laughs> if it's not in there, they but it's in the book, for instance, they didn't want it. That's what I'm presuming. Yeah. I think they've come out and said specifically, like, there are, there are certain, they haven't said what, but there are certain aspects of the book that they are avoiding or changing or not using, just one for the sheer fact of trying to keep the audience surprised, so people that read the book, when they see the movie, there's still some surprises in there and they don't know exactly what's going to happen. Wow. So whether that works for better or worse, we will see after the movie's out, but yeah, yeah. I think there, there is a lot in there for them to try to grab, so we'll have to see what they end up end up with. Yeah. But for the trailer, since the trailer teases us some of that stuff, what did you guys think of the, the teaser trailer? There wasn't really much in it, so, I mean, I, first of all, love the music choice, as I said before, Tom Sawyer, <laughs> yeah. way to go. Yeah. That was perfect. Nice tone. I'm hoping the whole soundtrack is all just 80s music. I imagine it's, I mean, it's going to be heavy mm-hmm. into that, because all, all the stuff he's going to, like, the characters encounter, like, it might not just be random background noise, but all the stuff that they encounter along the way of the journey of the puzzle like could definitely be infused with that and it would it would fit the context of what they're dealing with at the moment so that yeah. could that could definitely uh fuel the the soundtrack choices i i think if there's random 80s hits and songs that we all like you recognize or that you know if they're like used in scenes that don't really seem like like it's just music playing it doesn't have anything to do with what's going on contextually i think it's going to be weird actually yeah yeah i guess like yeah i could see that because the story ta- I mean, really, the story takes place, like, around, like, the year, what, like, 2100? 2044. Yeah. Is that it? In the book it is. In I don't bo- know about the... You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, 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 I forgot. Um, well, I guess it was also going off the idea that, like, this guy's technology really started to infiltrate, like, in the early, like, 2000s, late 90s. So, they're, like, it got a, like, a more of a jump start than, like, starting right now, but... Yeah. Um, I, can I actually, actually, as, um, Brian, did you, have you read the book yet? Yeah, it's it, probably about a year ago, a year and a half ago, so my, my details are a little bit fuzzy, but yeah, I did read it. Okay, okay, so we, we all have a literary baseline. Um, the visual look of the movie, how far or how close from what you remember seeing in your head from the book do you, you think they chose? Like, was it about what you thought or was it far off? What, what did you think? Yeah, I think I think it fits what I was picturing because especially since the whole th- the, the majority of the book takes place in the Oasis, which is this virtual world. Yeah. You expect 
some sort of saturated graphics like a computer game, which is what I feel like we're getting. So all the computer effects, I think, fit. Like, it it might not look photoreal like some movies try to do for computer effects, but that works because you're looking at a video game, so you get some leeway there. How about you guys? The only thing, like, that really stood out to me as being different based on the teaser is, like, the stacks he's in, the stacks of the trailers didn't look nearly as dangerous as I pictured them. Okay. They almost seemed mm. safe in the trailer. <laughs> like, yeah, safe, safe, but, like, not dangerous dangerous <laughs> like too much care is actually given to them like they planned it out almost like yeah. there was thought going into it not like they just started stacking them because they ran out of room <laughs> well just part part of what i bring to it Ty up sheridan for sliding down those poles very very eloquently oh yeah like p- part of why i brought it up was i realized after seeing it that because basically my video game in career kind of stopped after like N64 um and like anything that I've played since then have like honestly been like the current version of like Mario Party, Mario World, those ones the 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 world of the Oasis like in my head I saw those kind of graphics okay like it was very like cubism blocky avatar type of characters and so when i saw this like hyper style in my brain like hyper stylized tron-esque almost uh visual i mean it looks brilliant and i think it's gonna be visually stunning it's gonna look really cool i just realized how far of a distance i have (laughs) from from all this stuff i'm like oh wow like my, my version feels so like elementary to what they did, like good, like in this case, good God, I was not on the creative team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure there could be some of the old like eight bit and arc eighties arcade game look for certain things because I think even like one of the puzzles has to do with a specific eighties arcade cabinet, right? Isn't the yeah. first one? I think yeah. yeah. So you could get I mean, some of that stuff there. There's stuff. Well, here's the thing though. Uh, there's like Zork, Pac Man, Black Tiger, all that stuff, but. Steven Spielberg said that he was going to cut a lot of the references, not because of budget, but because he'd be accused of vanity. Because a lot of the stuff referenced in the book is some of his stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But I wonder, but he wasn't just talking about that. I think he was, I I don't know. I trust Spielberg. I do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, But I wanted to mention real quick that uh, Simon Pegg is playing Og. Yep. Um, Isn't that the, like the Wozniak? Type yeah, character. yeah, yeah, Woz- yeah. He's, he's supposed yeah. to be a combination of Wozniak and Jobs. Okay. Um, he's the creator of Oasis. And it's funny because he's not really a good or bad character. I mean, he, what is it? He, in the book, he moves to Air- Oregon because he, he leaves the Oasis project, right? And, yeah. but I, I was remember, I, uh, given, I love Simon Pegg. He's able to play a villain. I don't know if you guys watched Doctor Who. He played a really bad guy in Doctor Who. <laughs> um, and kind of a dystopian future, so okay. I I think that he's gonna he's a perfect choice for that character. Yeah, that would so. be fun to see. So the the only the only thing I would maybe add there, if I misunderstood, is is so in in the story, there's two kind of main collaborators that create not just the world, but you know, grow the company that created it into what it becomes, and I I think. Becky was giving the impression that Simon Pegg is 
playing like the creator. Whereas he's, he, I, I, if, if that was. He's the co-creator, right? Yeah, he was, he was the co-creator and sort of more of like the savvy business partner in, in the group. Um, uh, yeah, his character is, uh, Ogden Morrow. Uh, Mark Rylance, who, uh, worked with Spielberg previously on Bridge of Spies and the BFG. Um, he's playing James Halliday. And Halliday's more the, like, he's the one that passes away. He's the one right, that right. left the fortune. That was the architect of the thing, had the vision, loves all the 80s references. Um, yeah, and, and Peg is, uh, like his lifelong friend and, um, you know, who, who then continues to play a role in, in all this later on. Right. Either way, I think it looks damn good. Yeah. Yeah, this is gonna be high up there on my most anticipated for 2018, for sure. Yeah. Even before, like, well before I saw this, like, as soon as I read the book and then immediately realized, like, oh, they're making a movie of that? Yeah, like, it, like, it was already gonna be in, like, my top three, at least top five, unless something really, really good comes along. Right. Um, so the trailer actually throws us, I think, a couple Easter eggs. Did you guys spot any? Did anything stick out to you guys? Freddy Krueger. Yeah. That, that was one, yep. In that same shot, I think there's Duke Nukem also. Oh, really? Um, and I think, from what I can tell, because I was trying to freeze frame this crap and look for shit, the <laughs> the same shot where Freddy Krueger dies, I think the, the whoever shoots him, the weapon he is wielding, to me, looks exactly like a, an assault rifle from Halo. <laughs> so that's a fun huh. video game Easter egg. Uh, anything else for anybody? Uh, the bike from the anime Akira makes an oh, appearance. Oh, yeah, I was gonna, that was the one I caught. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you guys are good. Cause I, I mean, I, I, I have no reference for that stuff. So that's like, like that's the awesome stuff that's going to be in there for fans of all different kinds of these yeah. fandoms. I mean, there's, a, I think there's two obvious ones that nobody has touched yet. Ooh, oh, I got I mean, one. Yeah, the, yep. the, the obvious one is the egg, the adventure egg. Oh, I missed that one. I even made a copy of it. Um, the adventure yeah, egg. So. Oh well, keep in mind this is way before our time. So okay. in the Atari game Adventure, there's a um sorry. Uh there's a maze. In the uh look at the if you Google Ready Player One title card, look at the O in one. It's an egg. Oh, okay. I don't even see and that. And it's a nod to the maze from the Atari game adventure. Oh, oh that's okay. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, I and, missed that one. And I don't, the only reason I know that is because, uh, MetaMesh, the charity I run, we were beta testing some very early games to see because when we had really slow speeds, we were, we moved up to like Skitchin for Sega, but we did Atari first and I, I saw that because, you know, I mean, these early games are pretty terrible for rightly so, but I saw that and I'm like, whoa, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, I, that's, and I, I forget, but isn't, where, where does the term Easter egg come from? I don't, I don't know, know where that the myself. phrase coined. I just, I had seen it for different, you know, like movie and mm-hmm. shit like that, where people are like, did you see these Easter eggs? And I just kind of adopted it from there. All the little stuff that's hidden in there as little secrets and clues and hints to other things. I heard it was Rocky Horror Picture Show, but I've never heard that confirmed. Oh, okay. Um, but I've also heard... No! I was right! Okay, because I'm sorry. Yes, I googled this. 
The term was coined to describe a hidden message in the Atari video game adventure that led to encourage and that egg in the one is an Easter a literal Easter egg. Oh, see it all comes back around. It's the first Easter egg. So <laughs> yeah, because when I found that, uh we have some guys that are like in their forties, you know, who would grew up playing Atari. Well you get that, don't you? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> and don't be a douche when you explain it to me. <laughs> so uh yeah, I, I heard, I don't know what the Rocky Horror thing was from. That that was, I was curious. But I also heard that, event, but now Wikipedia confirms the first one is the, it's a reference to the Atari game adventure. Again, the egg and Ready Player One. Yeah, so that comes full circle for that. Woo! Did they, actually, I'm trying to remember now since you found that and brought that up. Don't they, don't they actually explain that? In, yeah, they reference it in the book in, that that's the first Easter egg. In the book, like, doesn't they, um, there's a letter or something, like a goodbye letter that Halliday leaves behind. It's like a video. It's a video, right? Yeah. And he, doesn't mm-hmm. he explain that, like, specifically? I think that's what he says, like, in this mm-hmm. game adventure, this is what you find, like, so therefore, like, here's what's gonna happen. Yeah, because I think it's the one because that's when Atari wouldn't let the guys who made the games be in the credits. So yes. the guy hit his credits in it. Yeah. Yes. So I explained that in the book, I remember. Yeah, it's coming back to me now. There you go. <laughs> Good find, Becky. Yeah, um, I'm useful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else stick out to you guys? I got a couple more, I think. I noticed, like, oh, uh, you mean the preferences. Never mind. Well, the well easy, either way. The easy ones, the oh. DeLorean, the Iron Giant. Right, those are... Those oh, are the easy. Iron Giant! Yeah. Um, there is a Bigfoot monster truck, if you like monster trucks. <laughs> Specifically, Bigfoot is in there. Um, I forgot about him. When uh, they're, when he's going into like that dance club where the people are floating in the air, on the left-hand side of the shot, when that shot starts, there's someone that definitely is dressed like Harley Quinn. Oh. And possibly a Deathstroke or someone similar. It's very dark, so I can't tell if that's supposed to be like Deadpool, Deathstroke... Some other type of superhero character like that. Um, and I couldn't tell. Who the hell's next? Do we have any idea who is next to the Iron Giant? I've um, seen some people call it out as possibly Ninja Turtle. I feel like it looks like Lady Deadpool. Oh, I don't Lady remember. Deadpool. Lady Deadpool or Lady Deathstroke? Lady Deadpool. Because there are definite swords on the back. It looks like a ponytail. Huh. It should be like one seventeen. Like oh yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, I don't know. I'm looking for a ruling. What do you guys think? I don't see the ponytail <laughs> like you do. I just see the no. swords. I think that could be just more of like a Sentai costume. So some sort of you ninja would, or something. Yeah, like see Power that Rangers. Crunchy roll. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I. That's a good question. I mean, that's I, just a guess by me. I could be ro- way off. I think this is going to be one of those movies that people, I mean, I hope they see it more than once. Like, if people, like, people, for those who have no familiarity with the books or anything, um, I'm hoping it captures them enough that, like, they're entranced to try to go see it again. But, right. I, uh, I think, like, for people like us, we're definitely going to have to watch it more than once because uh, half I plan to. The, yeah yeah ha- i mean half the time it's going to be look how cool this looks and this is a cool story and the other half of the time is going to be wait i missed those three references let me go back to the movies a week later to see it again because i'm so distracted by 
Like I'm either I'm either distracted by the story that I miss the references, or vice versa. Yeah, I think my my plan will probably be try to watch it for what the story is the first time. After I've seen it once, look up Easter eggs online where they're hidden and what to look for, and then go see it again with that in mind, so I know where to divert my attention and try it that way. Yeah. Huh. I'm gonna uh, say I, I'm gonna say there's I, I'm gonna put my money on the one character you said being. Deathstroke, possibly, because this is a Warner Brothers movie. Yeah, it's easy for them to get DC characters in this. Yeah, as opposed to any, like, really anything else. Like, I'm sure if they, like, if Marvel or any of the other imprints wanted to play nice just for funsies, like, maybe they did here and there, but, uh, yeah, DC, like, literally is their company, so they could do whatever they want. Yeah, honestly, I'd be really surprised if you see Marvel, Star Wars, or any type of Disney characters in this at all. <sighs> As much as Steven Spielberg has some pull, that type of com- competing studios like that, I don't think they'd give him the time of day. Yeah. Um, all right, Ian, did you want to add something for the trailer? Oh, uh, the only things like I also noticed, I know they changed where he lived originally. I've noticed that when he talks about it, he talks about living in Columbus when he originally lived in Oklahoma City in the book, and uh, then okay. he references the missing million, which is a group of people in Japan called Hikamori, which are like these like enclosed people so i thought it was kind of different to like reference that as this like lost generation okay yeah I'd... you probably read the book more recently than any of us so all this stuff is probably really fresh in your mind well that was just in the trailer i think i don't know if it was in the book but i know that's like a re- recent phenomenon in japan about people oh, and they okay. use the missing million term for it gotcha all right um, all right, so I'm going to move us along, I think, to the news stuff, because I feel like we still have a lot to cover, and I think we're quickly running out of time here, so we'll see how quickly we get through this stuff. Um, the Most of the, the news, I think the more important stuff that we'll probably cover, happened on usually Saturday's the big news day. So Saturday opened with the Warner Brothers panel. Um, really quickly, I don't think I even t- told you guys about this, but we're going to fit this in there real quick. What? Um, yeah. The, uh, the day before the panel, news started hitting the internet that Ben Affleck was dropping out of playing Batman. Right. He was asked this directly that. at the Warner Brothers panel for Justice League. And he went on record saying he loves the character, will play Batman as long as they allow him to. Do we think there's any truth to these rumors? Is he contemplating leaving? Are they trying to kick him out? Or do you think this is all bullshit and he is along, along for the, the long run? Given the wording of his answer, I think it's more of a production director choice and not his own. And you know what? Yeah, like his that. Batman isn't bad. Mm-mm. His Batman isn't bad. The writing for his Batman has been oh, bad. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and which was a pleasant surprise to me, quite frankly. I, I, I've always been kind of agnostic about Ben Affleck, but I respect him as, as an, you know, for being an actor. He's always been kind of a humble guy. Yeah. Um, I saw him cry about the time Kevin Smith gave him his first big break. <laughs> um, yep. And I, he did very well. I just think he was given a bad script. So maybe uh, the the upcoming movie will show that he's got more to him, and I hope so. Yeah, yeah I mean, for all the shit that he got before that movie, before Batman Superman, and then I think he came out of it looking as one of the most redeeming factors of that movie. I think that goes a long yeah. way. Yeah, well, along with Wonder Woman, correct? Well, true, true. Um, but. You know, that being said, if he wants to drop out, Michael Keaton will always <laughs> He is Batman. Hey, if they want to play an aged Batman, Michael Keaton's right there ready. Oh, I love Which, Michael Keaton. 
which I would say if they, you know, skipping ahead to the, to the flash point thing again, real quick. If, if they do do that, I think casting Michael Keaton as Thomas Wayne would be freaking brilliant. <laughs> huh. Well, do we want to jump into that since Josh just talked about that? Um, that was one of the other things that they covered at the Warner Brothers panel was that the Flash, still directorless Flash movie. Um, that we have no idea when it's coming or when it's going to get a director, but they've announced a title for the movie, which they're going to play off the Flashpoint storyline. Um, do you want to give us a summary of Flashpoint? So Flashpoint is uh, the idea where, so if you're unfamiliar with the origin of Barry Allen, uh, at some point when he was a, a kid, a, an unknown entity, which he learns later as he grows up and everything, but an unknown entity kills his mother when he is a child and his father is sent to prison for that murder, et cetera, et cetera. So later on in his adult life, uh, at some point he chooses to uh, use his ability to run through time because he can go so fast, he can break the time barrier. He goes back into the past, stops the murder of his mother, and as he sees it, like the destruction of his childhood and his life and, and all that. That, of course, has butterfly effect, and then he returns to a quote-unquote present. This is this is all very, like, Back to the Future 2. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and in this, I mean, I, I, do we want to go even beyond that? Because it could get a little spoilery, because, I mean, the baseline of the story. That, that, that's yeah, I don't the know if you want to spoil stuff, yeah. I wouldn't go farther. So, yeah, he, he comes back to an alternate reality you know same thing as back to the future 2 one that he realizes is wrong and different but of course nobody else does and um they dc movies did make an animated movie of the flashpoint paradox a couple years ago and i didn't know anything about flash before that i didn't really care about a lot of the dc stories but that one property actually that one story they made like that sucked me in to dc stories more than anything has before I, I thought that was freaking brilliant, and if if the live action that they do is anything like some of these story elements that they had in that in, in that version of it, um, this is going to be a really freaking good movie. And do we want to like I I don't know because you sort of mentioned it too, so I don't know if this is considered spoilers, but should we talk about the the effect it has on Batman in the Flashpoint universe? I well I guess yeah because I did is well, that what you were trying to skate around? I think, yeah, a little bit. I mean uh, in. In, in this, the one, the one little thing I will add, cause I kind of said it already a bit, is in this alternate reality, Thomas Wayne is still alive. Yes. That's as much as I'll say. So, uh, <laughs> so are, uh, and this isn't spoil, you can tell him that Dick Grayson's parents are still alive too. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, just, just to let you know, Josh, I don't know if you've been reading, remember that, um, the Flash crossover that I told you about with the button? Yes. That is a reimagining of this storyline, the Flashpoint Paradox storyline. Oh, okay. So uh, it's just wrapping up, I think, now. Um, they're kind of dragging it out because, ooh, the button, the comedian rapping into Batman. <laughs> um, but I, you know what, guys? I highly recommend it. And you know I've been on kind of a DC, since Rebirth, I've been just amazed at some of the stuff. The new Superman, the new Wonder Woman, and this uh, crossover is very well done. And it has to do with this Flashpoint paradox. So okay. I won't get I won't get in much more than that. And it also deals with um, the comedian and Dr. Manhattan. 
in a way that I don't know yet because I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> so, uh, but highly recommend it. Um, I have the books if you guys would like to borrow them. Cool. Fair enough. Wasn't right. okay. So, so I, wasn't wasn't Flashpoint? Didn't Flashpoint kick off New Fifty Two? Or am I interpreting I that differently? I thought Flashpoint was like 2011. Yeah, see, I'm I'm coming into it not reading the yeah, books. Yeah, yeah. This is... New 52 was way before then. Uh, they were, uh, yeah, Flashpoint is tw- uh, 2011. So did Flashpoint cap off New 52? I think it capped it. it okay, okay. Yeah. I thought it was the other way around. So Flashpoint, did that help create the rebirth, or did Rebirth try to reset Flashpoint? It re- it reset it. So okay, if, okay. if you guys remember Rebirth, they completely, you know, change things and give it again. The whole point is the rebirth. They, you know, he recommend. You know what, guy listeners, if you have not read it yet, read Rebirth number one. It's like a dollar ninety nine for an eighty page book. <laughs> oh wow. Two ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. And they did that on purpose. They wanted to give people a chance. They wanted list. Um, you know. Um, disaffected readers who were not happy with how new 52 turned out to give them give dc another chance and i'm glad that they did this because holy shit is rebirth number one excellent i even my mom read rebirth the only <laughs> thing she's ever read is betty and veronica that's not true she likes eleanor and the Agret. um i'm slowly getting my mother into comics and it's wonderful <laughs> um but Seriously, uh, check out Rebirth, especially the new Superman, Wonder Woman, and the crossover with the button. Okay. Didn't mean to get off at a tangent, but... No, you're good. We we make fun of DC. Uh, I know that Ian worships Zack Snyder, but obviously (laughs) DC's movies in the past have not always been gold mines of quality. Um, Wonder Woman being kind of an exception, flawed as it might be. Uh, And I'm hoping the best for this latest movie, but... um, the latest comics for DC have been really good. Really good. So, That's fair. I don't, Super Friends recommendation. <laughs> I don't like Superman very much. I don't even like DC very much. Josh, you and I have another another thing in common. Uh, I, I, I never liked DC growing up, but the new DC stuff is like a breath of fresh air, and it gives uh, hope. Where, where, to a society really that has none, we're in a political climate right now. Um, just, uh, the new Superman that came out yesterday, new comic book day is always Wednesday. Um, uh, the Superman, I think it's number 28. There is no Superman on the cover. It's, uh, the people who are, you see them in the shadow and they're looking up and it's all different types of Americans looking up, you know, black, white, Muslim, police, poor person, and they're, lo- and, and, it shows them having hope. And, it, and he said he, that was the one thing he wanted to hit. And I think he did it very well. Um, it's kind of difficult without seeing the cover. But um, <laughs> look, I I don't put my stamp of approval on things unless I feel very strongly about them. So go check out DC Rebirth. <laughs> I'm done. I'm sorry. No, you're good. That's a good recommendation. Yeah. So I think if, it was... if, if they can translate that strongly enough into a... Flashpoint production, then yeah, maybe it's got some hope. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see who they nail down as director. Because I, I keep That's... hearing that uh, um, Robert Zemeckis is still the front runner, still the front runner for this. They for have the not writer taken or director for the director, front okay. runner for director. Which 
if again, I mean, given the comparison that I just gave, literally, that's your Back to the Future guy. Yeah. So, I, I mean, he would be very fitting. Um, yeah, like I said, I feel like four four years ago, maybe when they announced the DC tried announcing like some long extended schedule. I'm pretty sure the Flash standalone was originally scheduled for 2018, I believe. It's generically just listed at 2020 right now. It doesn't have a month, doesn't have anything. Yeah, there's no director, and there's only four cast members listed so far. Uh, Billy Crudup as his father, who I think is in Justice League. Which I think they yeah. changed that already. I'm pretty sure he already said he's not coming back for Flash. Oh, really? Uh-huh. So, I which like is going to be Crudup. real weird if they get him in Justice League as Barry's dad, and then they go to the Flash movie and Barry's dad is recast. <laughs> it's, uh, maybe they'll, I don't even know what they'll friggin' do, but yeah, they just have, they have Ezra Miller, Billy Crudup, uh, the actress that'll be playing Iris West, and uh, then the character of Cyborg in it again. That's, that's it. So, I mean, there's so very little to go on. Um, what I, I don't know, whatever Warner Brothers needs to do, they obviously have a problem with creativity <laughs> um if if zemeckis is what it takes just back the truck up give him what he wants and then and then back away like leave well, I think the neighborhood that could be why they why they delayed it then i think if, if he's busy doing other movies or has something coming out that he's trying to push before that they might have delayed the release to make sure they get him and, and that's that's fine they they just i mean when 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 you're when you're a creator when you're a collaborator when you're when you're in the business of making and creating, you have to make and create. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not that good at that. I, I've read some criticism, uh, of, you know, I, I don't know where, but journalists, uh, my friend who works for the Nerdist, uh, DC diehards are not happy about Flashpoint because this is something that helped rebirth, literally rebirth DC that's doing very well in the comics. And they don't trust Shaky Legs DC Universe <laughs> to adapt it correctly. Uh, uh, tried and true material like, uh, you know, Justice League, Wonder Woman, things like that. You can have a failure and get back up and make another Batman movie or make another Wonder Woman movie. Uh, but the Flashpoint, not so easily done. Yeah. This is something that really helped the company. Uh, they have to get it right the first time with the movie. Yeah. Um, Ian, I want to make sure we get you in here. Anything for Flashpoint that you want to add? Um, I guess it's always going to be tough with me, though, when, like, with time travel after the abomination that became the Transformers franchise. <laughs> I think once you start dealing into it, it gets really tough for audiences to follow. And then you have examples like the Terminator franchise where you no longer respect your audience and you just start making shit up. <laughs> so, and DC hasn't necessarily shown they care about their audience. They're just kind of seeing what sticks. Mm. That's the only thing that worries me about them adding time travel. Not even how faithfully they would adapt the Flashpoint storyline, just how they're going to deal with time travel. Yeah, that's a, a really good thing. point. I can see, and I know this is a different director, I can see uh, someone like, oh my god, alright, my headache's getting really bad. Who's taking over for Zack Snyder? Joss Whedon. Whedon. I can see Joss Whedon, who is a comic book fan, treating the source material with respect. I can see Joss Whedon doing very well with Flashpoint. I know he's busy, but he can handle time travel. True. Uh, no, yeah, he'd be someone I'd trust, but I, I don't know if 
he's someone that's going to start directing a bunch of DC movies. Right. And I feel like DC's director choices, other than Zack Snyder, don't always inspire me. <laughs> like, I know Zack can handle time travel really well, mm-hmm. but other people I'm not so sure about. <laughs> um, anything else for Flashpoint? Nah, just hoping that once once they get there that uh, they do it justice and it, it's done really well. Because it, it has the potential to honestly be extremely interesting and entertaining, like legitimately. Mm-hmm. So they just got to yeah. make sure they do it right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It'd be nice to have another like superhero set of franchises do well, finally. <laughs> um, Alright, uh, one other, I think I have one other thing from DC. Yeah, so, comes as no surprise... Wonder Woman is officially getting a sequel. Patty yep. Jenkins is officially coming back. They announced that at San Diego. Did they? Like, yep. 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 Okay. Uh, we obviously gushed over Wonder Woman a few weeks ago, so I'm assuming you guys are excited, but what do you think about the news of Wonder Woman 2? Great. <laughs> <laughs> I will drag Adam back into that theater. <laughs> Josh, I don't, you, uh, Adam hated it. I heard, and I hated it. Like I, I, I tried to keep an objective mind as to why someone might dislike it, and the only thing I could think is like, w- was he like too? D- in his mind, did they play off of tropes too much, and and that's why? Because I, 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 I honestly don't feel that there's a whole lot about that movie to dislike. Uh, it's funny because, and I don't want to get too much into this because I spent a whole, like, two hours bitching about it, but <laughs> I, I loved the first two acts and I disliked the third act and okay. I actually gave him his due on Brian's show. Yeah. And uh-huh. said that yep. I agree with the failures and here's where I agree with Adam. Right. Um, and I, w- he hated that, like, no one but Diana, her mother, and uh what's his name were given any character background yeah uh, that was a problem he, yeah he thought that was like the worst thing and that with the failures of the third act and i think his you know hypoglycemia <laughs> gave him enough fuel to hate it okay um but i told him and i made him listen to the episode and he's like did you just you know ditch me the whole time and <laughs> i said no i don't just like I have friend. Look, I very much dislike Logan. I saw it again and mm-hmm. still didn't like much better. I love my friends and I like disagreeing with them because I like hearing another person's opinion. Brian, thank you for giving me the forum on your <laughs> page to bitch about it too. Anytime. But a lot of people, no one had a lot to say, well, you're wrong. You know, people were like, oh, I see your point. I find a key, I, I feel like that's the same way with adam and wonder woman getting back to the original point sorry um that was my question i kind of did that sorry (laughs) i i'm excited for it because i you know i want to get back to thymascara if we can agreed um i want to get more into how she could possibly be disillusioned or you know you know is it going to be post justice league is it going to be in the time between i you know what too soon to tell Sorry, I don't want to yap up all your time, Brian. <laughs> no, you're good. Well, they're. I mean, they they didn't announce that there was going to be a sequel until I, I, I. For some reason, I think even the studio. I mean, maybe maybe after the critical response of the first three DC movies, they really were just like holding their breath and like weren't making any presumptions this time. But they didn't make really any announcements about the sequel until the release of the film. 
like even maybe like a week or two afterward, like until they were yeah. really sure, like this thing is making money and people genuinely seem to love it. So it's slated for a 2019 release, which means if they were like waiting for the green light till like June of this year, they pretty much got to get on the ground running like immediately. Yeah, I don't I mean, know how right? late they'll they'll work to get in, or how late they'll they'll wait to get into production on this because they, they, I'm sure they want to strike while they aren't hot. Like everybody's talking about Wonder Woman, it's still breaking records. Like this is they want to get it out as soon as possible while people are still thinking about it. Yeah, I mean the only saving grace a little bit is I mean I thought June was a very good month for a movie like that, but it's initially slated for December, and I think Brian, I think you shared. This oh, that's on, right. On they the did page put the release date out about the release date was part of the article, and I'm like, what? Why are are so many movies clamoring for December all of a sudden? When I'm sorry, I, I still believe that the majority of Star Wars movies for the next five or six years, they're going to put them in December. They're not going to be summer releases. You say so, that yet, Han Solo is still sticking to that May release date. They have yet to move that. That might didn't they say nine wasn't going to be a Christmas release either? Yeah, after Han Solo, I think they're all going from May. From there on out, you know they're then. But well, here's the thing: that Disney owns both Star Wars and Marvel, and they have claimed and carved out May as a very big Marvel month for the last several years. Like they've already been in that slot for years. Um, even if they go like the beginning of the month and the end of the month. It just, I don't know, it's like they're competing with themselves. I don't know why, like, yeah. December, they could have literally, just stick with December. Nobody could have competed with you. Ready Player One moved from December 2018, or 17, to the spring of 2018, specifically because of The Last Jedi. Yeah. Like, everyone else will move around you. You're freaking Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I don't know. I, I, we talked about that before. That re- those release dates yeah. for Avengers and Star Wars too close together. It doesn't make sense to me. No, but they're a billion dollar company, so they must know something I don't. I, I mean, if they're sticking with a, because I see it right on IMDb right now, at least May twenty fourth, twenty nineteen, for Episode nine. Yes. and they're gonna have Avengers four the first weekend of that same month. Yes. So, I mean, maybe December 2019 is going to be freed up for Wonder Woman 2. If it does, God bless them, and I hope it does well. But I thought I thought the beginning of the summer, like June, like right when school's getting out, like it was a perfect thing to kick that off, right, right after Labor Day weekend. I thought it was a good slot. Fair enough. Uh, anything else for the DC stuff? Or we got a couple Marvel things to hit. Nothing? Alrighty. Uh, so for Marvel's panel, um, as I mentioned, we, they gave us the Thor trailer. We had a couple news bullet points for them, too. Um, they gave us a few details on Captain Marvel, which up until this point we haven't heard really too much about other than Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Um, so they confirmed it will be set in the 90s. Uh, it will feature the Kree and Skrull War, I think, which is huge because I thought the Skrulls were tied with Fantastic Four and Fox. So if that was the case, I don't know what kind of deal Marvel made to be able to use the Skrulls in the MCU, but that could be another topic for another time. Um, and Sam Jackson will be back as Nick Fury. And it will be early enough in the timeline where he will have two working eyes. Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we hate eyes. We like Cyclopses. So you think they'll, you think Except they're going to de-age Sam Jackson for this movie? You think they'll put him through that process? No. 
I don't think they need uh, to all that much, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, not. I mean, not, the guy looks damn good anyway. So true. Yeah. Didn't know if they'd patch up some wrinkles or something. They might. I don't think they're gonna have. Right. They're not. They're not gonna have to do like a Robert Downey Jr. or a uh, Michael Douglas. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't, think, I don't they think they'd to. have to use CG. They could handle it like with makeup alone. Oh, that's yeah. true. Make it yeah. like, believable. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else with these couple bullet points they got to you for Captain Marvel? I'd like to see who's playing Marvel. They have to pick someone really good. Uh, yeah, because that casting hasn't been announced yet either. No, it hasn't. Uh, I mean, he. I mean, he's a really, really complicated and very dense. You know, character, which isn't one of Marvel's strong points, doing complicated and or, you know, actual backstories. And by the way, as a female-focused film, don't fuck it up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is Marvel's chance to do their Wonder Woman, so... That's my point. So, I, you know... How do you you feel about, like, a Clive Owen? Clive Owen can do it. I've always liked Clive Owen. I think Clive Owen could play Bond. Oh, um, nice. I bought when before what's his name took over the role. Clive Owen was my pick to play Bond. Mm, okay. Um, I think he would be a great person to play that. Actually, well, yeah, as, yeah. As but... as much characterization as they're going to have to do, I mean, if, if this is going to, I mean, to some extent, have to involve an origin story to some degree, and it's also going to be, I mean, I I don't think it's going to be some story that takes place on earth for the most part either because the world like this mcu world would have some history of like another previous alien event and all that happening years before the avengers so the majority of it's gonna have to take place in outer space but you're still gonna have to spend like how much of the movie like on a legit origin story so how how's that gonna balance yeah well i don't know i I mean i guess that's it helps putting it in the past with the origin story, I think. So if they, well, let's put it this way: Do we think she'll show up for any of the Infinity War, like Infinity War movie? I no. I think no. if, they, if I she think does, it's... she can show up just already established as Captain Marvel, and then we get the yeah. flashback backstory. And that's exactly what I think they're going to do, kind of like the the Superman Justice League thing. I think as much as they're saying, I mean, they're kind of they've kind of been vague about it, and their story has changed over time, but. I think you're going to get her in like the last 10 minutes of Infinity War and then you're going to get her backstory almost a year later with her solo because that releases before in Avengers 4. Mm. And then you'll understand why she's involved, what her abilities are, why she's connected, all that stuff. And then she'll play a much bigger role in in, in Avengers 4. But I, I think she shows up towards the end and leaves like a big cliffhanger wherever that leaves off. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a fair prediction. Um, the one thing that stuck out to me, the fact that we're getting the Skrulls in this movie, uh, do we, the only reason I could think that Marvel might have pulled so hard for the Skrulls is that maybe in somewhere in Phase 4 after Thanos is presumably dealt with, they could be laying the groundwork for a Secret Invasion storyline? I don't know anything about that arc. Can you fill me in real quick? Um... I'm, I'm going to try to summarize because I don't think yeah, I've read it. I've, I've, I've heard you tried to read up on it after the fact, but basically there were certain characters that, well, the whole thing with the scrolls is that so part of their powers or what they do is they can transform themselves to look like anybody. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like invasion of the body snatchers type of thing. Okay. 
eventually somebody dies, and when they die, they turn into a scrawl. So it was this whole thing of, like, who's impersonating who, and it, you know, it, it, it's a whole guessing game of who is actually a scrawl and who's actually a hero. Okay. So it turned out, like, this whole group of heroes had been captured somewhere and been replaced by scrawl imposters. Okay. So, for instance, just if I'm spitballing here, they kill off Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America in Infinity War. After Infinity War is over, Thanos is dealt with, you find out that those weren't actually the real Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor, that they were Skrulls impersonating them. That gives them freedom to bring back Chris Hemsworth, Robert Downey Jr., and Chris Evans if they want to later mm. on down the line. <laughs> gotcha. It's just a spitball's idea. They, I don't know if they'd go that way. I feel like that could be a little bit of a cop-out if they did it that way. Mm-hmm. But it, it would make sense story-wise for what they've done in the comics. Gotcha. I mean, that you know how Carol Danvers gets her powers, right? She Not them loses them from she Marvel. She gets them from right? Marvel. Yeah. yeah. So who? And this is no spoiler because this happens in every comic. He, in order to, he can pass on his powers when he dies, and he does, and that's how she gets from the explosion. Um, a lot, and he, she inherits, if you will, or is transferred his DNA. So okay, and that, and then she takes on the moniker of Captain Marvel. Um. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I, Captain Marvel is a Cree, correct? He's Cree. Yeah, okay. he's Cree. Trying to, I'm trying to remember all my, keep all my comic book shit straight. No, oh, how do you think it is in my brain? <laughs> I remember once, just really quick, I, we were on Grown Up Humans and we were talking about this really weird sidetrack. And Dan, Dan, who owns the comic book store, myself and Jared are the only ones who really like and read lots of comics. The other guys. I've only started in, since the show started. And I said, wait a second, wait a second. Doesn't X only live in an alternate universe where blank never happened? And the other guys are like, oh my god. You know? <laughs> Keeping this stuff in my brain is must difficile. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I always screw up when I'm talking on your show. Because there's so much to remember. And All I'm not stuff looking at, around in there. Most of the time I'm not looking at Google. I'm like, Okay, what did I read in, like, the Marvel Encyclopedia for the umpteenth time? <laughs> yeah, we can so, vouch for you. We can see that you're not computer Googling everything as we were talking yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah oh, by the way, little, I just wanted to let you know as a funny aside, Ian, his picture has been frozen since we, the first minute. So <laughs> I'm seeing Ian from, like, two hours ago. <laughs> uh, mine's like that for Brian. Nice. <laughs> It's like we're talking just, to each He's other got this real past. fucking smug look on his face and it's really been <laughs> pissing me off this whole two hours. Good, I hope it's staring into your soul. We have self-driving cars, but we can't get four people to live talk. <laughs> uh, anything else for Captain Marvel? No, sir. Um, I think it was one of the things that they announced a little too early. For me, like, it, it, it's one of the few things that actually remained unchanged to some degree when they announced the Phase 3 schedule a couple of years ago. Like, the Inhumans is gone, and they moved Black Panther and Thor to make room for Spider-Man, and, you know, a, a lot of that stuff happened. I, I think they, like, I think they announced Brie Larson too soon. I think they announced a the release date too soon. I think so they did too. I hope they don't make that mistake again. And like I said, this a couple episodes ago or a few months ago, we were talking about like what's going to be upcoming at Comic Con, and one of my points was, I hope that they do not give us some Phase Four schedule that's going to go into like 2022, because yeah. I don't really 
not that I don't care. I don't want to know yet. Like, wait until, like, Avengers 4 is done or something, and, and then tell me what I'm about to see later. Like, just hold back. Because, again, if the schedules change, if they, then they feel pressure to start announcing casts, and, you know, then, then you're into, like, the Captain Marvel or, like, Shazam effect, where, like, five years from now, you might see a person in a movie. Maybe not. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm glad they, yeah, this year at Comic-Con they didn't do that, um, but... You know, Captain Marvel is still over a year and a half away. I think it was actually last year at Comic-Con when they announced Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. When they announced her, yes, but I think, so that was 2016, but it was, what, 2015 or late 2014, I want to say, when they announced the Phase 3 schedule that they actually well, put Captain right, Marvel yeah. like on the docket, and I'm like, that's too freaking far away. <laughs> like, I don't need to know that yet. They gotta keep you wanting more. Give you that, well, they give let you know so much. It's it's annoying, kind of. Yeah. You know, there's already 20 movies I got to see from them in the next three years. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, they're already what, like 16, 17 movies into 16. this thing. Like, you, you you do not need to keep feeding me the breadcrumbs. I've already been on board for nine years. We're fine. <laughs> well, they're always trying to bring more people in. So yes. as long as they find the right movie for these newbies to come into this world, Captain Marvel yeah, could be it for people. Does it help announcing it though, like six years in advance? Not for the people that are going to jump on board when the movie comes out, but for us comic book fans, I feel like that gives us something to look forward to. Yeah, I think I, I think yeah. I'm okay with that as long as they, for the most part, stick to their schedule with Mar- which Marvel has done. The, on yeah, the other hand, then I, like DC's yeah, the DC. slate that continues to change from whatever the, it was like, they were just again trying to play catch up to Marvel. They needed a release slate because Marvel had a release slate. So even though they don't stick by it at all. It's probably null and void by now. If yeah, we should that's that should be an episode. We should go back to that original release dates that they put out there and see how many of those they've talked about or how much of that has actually stayed to what they planned way back when. I will find that and that will be my project to post as a comment when the episode goes up. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm on it. Um all right, so I think since we're getting low on time, I think the last thing we're going to try to cover is one of their Marvel news from their panel. Um, they teased some stuff for Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is now currently filming as of two days ago. Uh, so the main thing we got from there was a few additions to the cast. Um, if you've seen the first Ant-Man, you'll know that Janet Van Dyne was teased in the film, but never actually shown. There's some pictures of her that are strategically placed so that her face is covered and so they could cast her later. Uh, so now we got an announcement of the cast and Janet Van Dyne will be played by Michelle Pfeiffer. What? Yeah, well, I'm okay. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I am too. I, I yeah. uh, so that was that was a very sarcastic, superfluous. What? <laughs> <laughs> but again, I will not consider this even being in production until Paul Rudd goes on and puts a fake Mac and me <laughs> teaser on Conan. That I mean, is he like has to do that favorite... when he's promoting the the, sh- the movie, right? Whenever they get around to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I the the. The one time he, Marvel actually did tell him that he had to show parts of Ant-Man. And for the first time, he didn't just show the clip whenever he went on the show. He actually showed the Ant-Man trailer, but then whenever the ants, like he comes out of that faucet or whatever, uh-huh. he, Mac and me. <laughs> yeah. so. so he's got to show Mac and me too, right? Since it's the sequel to Ant-Man. We can only yes. hope. <laughs> I think so. 
I, I, uh, I, was, I was surprised by the casting choice of her because as she hadn't entered my mind at all. But yeah, yeah I think it could be really cool. Yeah, it's one of those people you wouldn't think for the, like, when you're thinking of who to cast for Janet Van Dyne, that's not a name that I would have thought of, but now that they've mentioned it, it's like, yeah, you know what, I can totally see that, that works. Yeah. And, oh, what, we're gonna have a bonus walking into Worlds with Michelle Pfeiffer, <laughs> because she played Selena Kyle and Catwoman in 1992's Batman Returns for DC, and now she's gonna enter the Marvel Pantheon with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Boom, you didn't even see that coming. I, you snuck it in there so well. You got a two for this week. <laughs> um, so one other cast that they did announce for this is Lawrence Fishburne will be playing Bill Foster, who is apparently Giant Man. I don't know too much about that character, though. I don't know either. I don't, and I kind of thought that Giant Man was just when Ant Man made himself big. Right, right. I didn't understand they were That's... different characters. You see, Giant Man's one of those fun names. He's actually a very small person. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dimin- diminutive individual. Yes. That's his superpower, actually. He gets smaller. <laughs> very, very fun name. Very fun name. <laughs> I, um, I actually was, uh, when I went to the IMDb page uh, after I heard this announcement, um, this is, like, I, I'm probably the only person in the world other than himself that got this excited, but, um, Walton Goggins is also joining the sequel, and he's actually become, like, one of my like favorite fun actors to watch in the last couple of years. Um, he's on that uh, Vice Principals show on I think it's HBO right now with Danny McBride. Um, okay. He was he was actually my favorite part of the Hateful Eight of huh. Tarantino's movie. I loved him in that movie. Admittedly, I wanted to like roundhouse kick him in the throat every second he was on screen in Predators, <laughs> but. But I think, I don't know, he was just like a very, like, they wrote a very obnoxious over-the-top character for him, which he pulled off well. But, um, there's a couple things he's been in lately that, uh, I, I kind of enjoy him. So when I saw that he was in the cast in addition to Pfeiffer and, and Lawrence Fishburne, I was like, oh, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um, now, J- Josh, I know you weren't that big of a fan of the first Ant-Man. Yeah. Are you any more excited about this one? I'm hoping to be, I think, since Evangeline Lilly gets to be much more involved, play a more important role. And granted, I know all the production stuff that went into the first one could have affected how I saw the end product. Um, I'm, I'm hoping it's not as simple as the first one was, that there's more to it and that I kind of come to care about the characters a bit more. Um, you know, hopes up. Yeah. Uh, Becky and Ian, how did you guys feel about the first Ant-Man? I liked it a lot. I liked it. It was not my favorite book. I, I think it was kind of slow at parts, even with Paul Rudd. Okay. I, I kind of, I generally uh, agree with Josh a little bit, but I, I, I felt the same way, I think, with Doctor Strange. When you're introducing a new, not very widely known character, I mean, he's widely known, but, like, a lot of people don't know his backstory. Right, right. You know, they don't know the Pym backstory, and nor, nor really should they. That man was never that big of a character. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but I think they did well by it, and they left room for development. I think one of the greatest weaknesses, much like Logan, was the, was the villain. Um, yeah. But they also had to kind of... In a lot of uh, uh, first episodes, or first uh, films, 
in a series like that, uh, they're going to have weak villains because it's an introductory to, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But, yep. I liked it. <laughs> so you guys, is it safe to say you guys are excited for the second one? Or Becky, you still trying to play it sort of even? So you're not getting yes. too excited? Yeah, I, that's what I'm going to do from now on. <laughs> Seriously, after Logan, I, I, you know, I, I just go in think, be, like agnostic, like, okay. <laughs> and I also told you that it, that's kind of a, a difficult situation for me because as I've said before, I hate going to movies. I hate going to movies. <laughs> <laughs> if I, if I'm interested enough to go see a movie, then there's, I have at least a modicum of expectations for it already. Right. So, like, Wonder Woman is a good example for that. Hmm. Yep. Okay. We'll see. Cool, cool. Uh, Ian, you got anything else to add for Ant-Man and the Wasp? No, I'm just, it's one of those things where, like, I haven't been paying that much attention to the greater Marvel Universe, but Ant-Man was one of those ones I went out for just because I knew it wasn't connected Mm. as much as the other ones. So, we'll see how that, I know that's not going to, be an option for the second one so i'm gonna have to probably get caught up otherwise it's just gonna be like what the fuck am i watching (laughs) but i I think the comedy like i really enjoyed that from the first one and i just hope that carries through into the sequel i feel like this one comes out in an odd place it's in between infinity war and whatever avengers 4 turns out to be right so i don't know how much connected it's going to be to the greater mcu story like how do you take a break in after infinity war for ant-man and the wasp well, I mean, do you think it would be a prequel movie then? Like I, yeah, a sequel I feel like to it's... Ant-Man, but a prequel to, like, this Avengers stuff? I feel like it has to be. That's the only way I think it would make sense. You don't think that'd bother people too much for them to, like, commit to that? Oh, I'm sure it would confuse a whole bunch of people that expect some sort of continuation of the story for Infinity War, and they go see Ant-Man and the Wasp, and it has nothing to do with that movie. And everyone's all, like, happy in it, and not, like... Really yeah, scared. yeah. There's not a whole bunch of death and destruction, everyone's still living their lives, like, and nothing happened. Oh, they show all the characters who died in the trailer for it? <laughs> Just to prep you, so you, so you know what you're in for. <laughs> like, oh, remember, these guys, they're gonna die. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I think the additions of the cast are good. You can't ever go wrong, I think, with Michelle Pfeiffer or Lawrence Fishburne, so. Yeah. And I like the first Ant-Man, so I'm, I'm excited for this one. I like Cowboy Curtis, so. <laughs> <laughs> you will never, that will, that will forever, forever. Like you, he will never be a Morpheus. He will always be Cowboy Curtis for you. Cowboy Curtis, <laughs> yeah. I love that. You know that, Josh. Uh, right. Sarah Chastik and I used to watch Pee Wee's Christmas Special. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what that's from? Pee Wee's Christmas Special. No, well, he's the, the main general, character too. in first the adult show, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Cowboy Curtis, and then he they transferred his character over to the children's show. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Seriously, Google. It's basically Morpheus with long curly hair and a cowboy suit. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. <laughs> You've never seen that? I have not, no. Oh my god. You have such a magical journey ahead of you. <laughs> I guess. I have something to look forward to now. Uh, Alright, so the last question I'll ask you guys before we cut out. Out of the stuff we talked about, trailers, news-wise, who do you think quote-unquote won San Diego Comic-Con? Aww. Um, or at least, what what are you most excited about? We'll, we'll try to frame it that way, out of the stuff we talked about. Just based on what was released and what we talked about, for me, it's a tie uh, between um, Ready Player One, which might edge it out, 
Ready Player One, and honestly, Justice League. Okay. Ian or Becky? I have no answer to that. I, I don't <laughs> like questions like that. <laughs> J- just because I, you know, and especially coming from a book fan, where I would love, you know, and, and you, I don't know if you guys know this, but I actually, I've gone to Comic-Con in San Diego twice. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, one, uh, back in 2000, right after I graduated 2006, when it was just starting to kind of really take off, but you mm-hmm. could still wait in line and get tickets. Yeah. And then I returned again after I came back from the Czech Republic, so 2010, and Big Bang Theory and Glee were <laughs> in bones, and I walked in. I only got a ticket because a friend of mine got sick. This is why I lived in Reno for like a hot second, Josh. Oh yeah. Oh okay. okay, I I walked in. I saw like Glee and all and Bones, and I walked right out. (laughs) I had such an amazing time meeting like creators of TV shows and writers, and I got Stan Lee to sign my encyclopedia, and I was so excited to come back, and it just crushed my soul. So while I, yes, I am very excited about my favorite things becoming part of the mainstream, there's, there's a, you know, a double-edged sword to that because things can suck. (laughs) Um, and I, I know that diverts from your original query, but I, I, I don't have an answer for that because everything remains to be seen. You can't, you know, yes, we have an announcement and like Josh said, I think they push things too soon. Just to get an edge on the competitor. Well, we've oh, got yeah. XYZ in the mix. Yeah, well, XYZ might suck. <laughs> so See, I, I had rather... the safe answer for you was going to be Wonder Woman too. Look, I know I, I'm I'm excited about it. It's just, you know, there's so much great stuff coming out, and, and as you know, um, I didn't. I was waiting. You guys know, uh, uh, Saga is one of my favorite. Uh, non-DC um, Marvel comic book series. And mm-hmm. if you've never read it, check it out. It's an image book. They are thinking about turning it into a movie in every Comic-Con. I, I'm waiting to hear about it. <laughs> um, n- nothing. Keeping that under wraps. <laughs> so I was actually hoping for some image slash, you know, uh, our Valiant books. And we've, we've got... Um, the show on stars for American God. So I can't complain too much. And that is excellent by the way. So, but every time I go to comic or hear comic con, DC Marvel, DC Marvel, yeah. you know, I like the tertiary producers. So, yeah. Um, All right. Anyway, fair enough. That's a long answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, Ian, you got a pick for you? Uh, I think the one, I guess then, which is maybe the most potential because it's Spielberg and they're going to throw a shit ton of money at it. It's probably Ready Player One. <laughs> and it just, even the trailer didn't show as much, but it looked visually very impressive. And it's just, they're just going to spit references at you and it could be like annoying. It could almost backfire. Yeah. But I think most people that would listen to this show are going to enjoy it. <laughs> Touche. Uh, yeah, I think I'm with Ian and Josh. I think Ready Player One was the one that stood out to me. I think, I think it was even pre- comic-con i think i put it up somewhere either on facebook or maybe i just asked you josh i think what we wanted to see and i think you were the one that suggested some sort of footage for ready player one yeah and as soon as you said that i was like oh yes yes i, I do want to see that and now that we've <laughs> seen it that's all i can think about yeah i, I think and, and you know after like not that there's be a lull because I, after christmas after star wars mania is over i mean we're gonna get black panther in uh february and I, 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 
I think like February and March are actually kind of busy for some releases, if I remember. But I think March is going to come, which is Ready Player One. I think it's the end of March. Um, I think it's going to come quicker than we think. And it, it, surprisingly, after, like after Star Wars, I think people are going to find themselves really, really uh, itching for that one. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a standout, I think, for sure. We'll see how the marketing goes. We'll see what they how they try to market this. Is just 80s nostalgia? Or if they're going to play up the plot of this movie and see if it hooks people? That, that's why I'm, I'm hoping that they, they at least give an, a, a base idea of what the story is. Because it's a rich idea. It's going to be very visually well done. And if all they do is try to play to people's sensibilities about nostalgia... There's a million and a half other places we can go every day to get that stuff, and it's yeah. not like if you can bring people in with that plus the story, that's what they should do because the combination of the two is really what made the book so cool. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add, real quickly, or we'll close it down. That's Nothing. All right. All right. So I think that's it for us. This is our little Comic Con recap. Uh, we'll see, I don't know what we'll do next week. There might even, we'll see if some other headlines come up or, I don't know. We'll see if we can get any other trailers or videos or whatever to talk about. We'll see what we come up with. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, so if you enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes. You can leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show. As always, you can find us on Facebook. Search Brian and Super Friends or go to www.facebook.com slash Friends. And you can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that good stuff on Facebook. Or you can email us. BryGuysSuperFriends at gmail.com or tweet us at BGSuperFriends on Twitter. All of those will work. And on behalf of Becky, Josh, Ian, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye, guys. I I'm not saying anything. <laughs>